Hello and welcome everyone to their InventRight TV show. My name is Andrew Krause. I co-founded InventRight with Stephen Key over 21 years ago and we've been coaching and mentoring inventors ever since. We've had students in over 65 countries and we have 12 amazing coaches. So we're doing this series where we're interviewing our coaches and they're talking about some of their experiences with things that their students experience, if you will. And within that, you're gonna learn some valuable, valuable lessons. So regardless, if you ever become an EventRight student or you just are a fan of our YouTube show, you are gonna benefit from this video. And so today we have Judy Dupreng on. She's one of our amazing coaches. She's been with us quite some time. Welcome, Judy. Hi. Hi. So <laughs> we were doing a little pre-talk about what we're gonna talk, there's so many things. I mean, you could talk, you've been a coach for a while, so you could talk about just about anything with regards to licensing. But one of the things that you wanted to talk about was um, people wanting to kind of like pause or not push forward as hard as they should um, when they're starting to reach out to companies. And so what happens, I'm just gonna throw a bunch of questions to you. Why does that happen? What's the psychology? How can we fix that? And how, how do you encourage your students to keep going? And what are the things that make them kind of pause or take a, a step back when they really don't need to? Right. Um, what happens? Well, I think the scenario that I've seen time and time again, and it's occurred to me, frankly, um, perhaps reaching out to companies after like really having some assurances, I have the best hit list. You know, this hit list is going to be golden. I have all the right people I'm going to pitch to, you know, and then we just get really amped up about how we want to pitch our product and we're ready to. However, what one of the psychology, you know, training things that we do here as coaches, I think I can speak for all of us that we do it to some level is preparing for getting, you know, no's or rejected or decline on some kind wait of a minute wait a minute judy you're telling me our students will typically reach out to 20 or 30 companies sometimes more and you're telling me that all 30 companies aren't showing interest i'm oh. shocked <laughs> is that a hint of sarcasm <laughs> yes i'm just i'm just right. sorry i was being silly but but you know people remember that so that's why I did. right well <laughs> well one of the you know, it was some time ago, you know, I've been with y'all for a while, but the one of the webinars I did was collecting no's. And I remember, you know, the topic, the very title of it was like, ah, that might be kind of risky. But a lot of students have taken away a lot from it because it prepares you psychologically to accept rejection mm -hmm. and understand how to assess feedback. That's why it's so important that once you get feedback from your first round of pitches, you schedule an appointment with your coach, which all my students, I kind of get them to come back to me that very next week. And they tell me commentary feedback, you know, things that were helpful, things that didn't seem helpful. And then we kind of break it down. We start deconstructing it. Okay, was that helpful? Is it true to that? Um, is it the wording that's confusing them? Is it, you know, certain imaging that it is, or is it just how I presented it? And so that makes them want to pause because it gives you some uncertainty. Am I doing this correctly? You know, mm -hmm. and we all get there. I've done it. And so 
we need to, um, instead of pausing, take that opportunity and press in. Hmm. And just, you know, that they talk about that bulldog mentality, you know, just like muzzle your way through and just let's get more. Let's get more feedback, more commentary. Let's see if that turns into interest. What are some of the things that that make people pause and keep from pressing in? Um, you and I were talking about one of them, which is like one company will make a comment. It will completely throw the inventor off. <laughs> and now they they talk to their coach and, you know, you, you get the very clear impression that they think now this this applies. Everybody else feels the same way. And it was <laughs> one company, one comment. It, sometimes it doesn't matter if the comment made sense or not. They're like, well, the company said it, so it makes sense. Well, <laughs> does it always make sense what the companies say? No, no. As a matter of fact, even when it's like large subject matters, like safety, for example, you know, and you're, I don't know, say pitching to the toy industry and they're like, you know, I don't know about the safety. I don't know if that really presents safety, but we go back to everything and we assess it. You know, what, why did they gather that? You know, why did they think it was not safe? And then I was like, all right, let's try a handful of other times and let's see what they're, you know. And we tell them, like, I tell my students, you have to word your questioning just right. You know, hmm. what are some attractive things about this product to you? What do you think your company will find attractive about the product? Or what are some reservations? You know, what are some concerns? You know, if there is concern. But in all reality, I don't even think that sometimes students even get to that level of conversation with the company before they pause. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I tell them, press in. If they were polite and professional and they ended an email or a conversation over the phone well, then, you know, may I circle back around to you in about a couple of weeks, you know, once I look at the marketing materials again? There... I mean, if they're kind of professional, <laughs> they're going to welcome you back do you, and an opportunity to do that. Do you ever talk to your students about the fact that these aren't companies saying no, they're actually individuals? So if you don't <laughs> get past that first individual, that person, they're a person just like you and me, they have opinions and stuff, that you're not going to get to talk to the company, right? And that person <laughs> is your Superman or Superwoman. So um, do you explain that that? the company didn't really reject it and that they might right. have another opportunity. Or... That, that person's personality doesn't represent the company's personality. Yeah. Is how I distinguish it, you know, and that that's a little bit more well-rounded. The more employees, the more um, higher ups that you speak to, the more decision makers you end up talking to. You understand that that's their approach. If they're open to innovation, they're going to use words that are, you know, inviting. And then if altogether, you know, they're a little bit more rigid or they're more conflict or concern, then you can take that away and prepare for those lines of questions in the future. One of the one of the big things that uh, people want to do quite often is do one company at a time. What's the downside of that? How do you coach your students to do or not to do that? I know the answer, of course, but <laughs> tell us about tell us about that. Right. So. Honestly, you know, we train our students to continue pressing in until they have terms and until there's that signature on the dotted line, you continue to reach out to companies. And the reason why is because you cannot foresee everything that's going to unfold. 
And so for you to assuredly, you know, if your goal is to pitch that product until there's interest, then we determine that by the terms they present with their interest. And you're not going to get to that if you stop and wait for a company to get back to you. Um, if it's a busy season, if they're getting prepared for trade shows, if they're not rolling out products just yet, then that takes some time. You don't want to be waiting when you could be actually pitching it to somebody who is ready then and is has it, then. Is it okay to have interest from multiple companies at the same time? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, then you can wait weigh it out with your coach and be able oh, to but 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 what if all what if i have five companies and they all want it, and it I... <laughs> good then they can all present terms that you can start yeah. you yeah. know analyzing <laughs> well i always tell people you know they, they it's not uncommon you, you might call 30 companies five show interest you might just get one you know but for the five show interest and for those five to all the way get to a contract is very unusual they naturally kind of fall off that's right. First come, first serve kind of mentality, you know, and it is the one with the most interest at that time. And that teeters out depending on which, you know, company is ready at what time. Do you do some of your students feel loyal? They're so happy that this company showed interest. <laughs> I can't show it to anybody else. They're still looking at it. Do you get that? Yes. Yes. How do you and deal with that? So I think we go back to the psychology of it. There's so much psychology about it that I'm like, what's the end goal here? You know, did you start with this company in mind or did you start with this product in mind? Because who, you know, ends up being the carrier to it being on the shelf somewhere that has less to do than the product ending up on the shelf. And so if that's the end goal, then let's get it there. And the way you do that is to continue pressing in until you have terms that are reasonable and agreeable and whatnot. And then, you know, you build a relationship. The loyalty is built over time. People want to give that too easily or too quickly, perhaps, you know, a lot like relationships in general. <laughs> and so, you know, you earn that trust, you earn that loyalty, you earn that professionalism by demonstrating. But you're not... You're not betraying a company that's showing yeah. us some interest. You don't know where it's going yet. You don't want to sit around waiting two to three months to, mm -hmm. and they're like, after two and a half months, ah, no, we said we're not interested. You're like, oh, and you get another one, another one. And then before you know it, the process took forever. It took a year when you could have got it all done in a couple months, you know, two, three that's months. Right. That's right. That's the, right. Yeah. But it's hard to get people to do that. I mean, they're timid about reaching out. I understand that. But mm -hmm. you're, when they're checking in with you weekly, does that make a big difference? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, we last had spoken about this on a webinar with Terry, our head coach, and we discussed how accountability is so built into what we offer here at InventRight, you know, mm -hmm. with the coaches. If you make it a regular basis to check in weekly, then you don't have time to pause for any period of time because we provide you action steps and anything that propels you forward that's our goal as a coach you know we want forward movement yeah. and and wisdom in doing that you know you could i guess as somebody because we got a lot of you know youtube fans watching us and 
if the inventor knew what the next step was, they could give it to a family member or somebody, maybe a little bit of a hard ass is going to be like, <laughs> you got to hit these deadlines. But the problem is when they hit a sticking point, they don't understand licensing, so they can't get them past that. But they could get that from a friend or family member or a mentor or somebody to just, <laughs> these, these are my deadlines. You need to check in with me. You need to ride my butt to make sure I get it done. Oh, it's true. And I think that for most of us, I can speak freely and say that we probably have more than one accountability partner because if we have a project or multiple projects, we need that level of accountability and mentoring and, you know, just simply guidance, but that's already built in into what we do. And right. so that's what's so grand about this is that until you have that level of comfort outside of us, by all means, practice with us. <laughs> Definitely. Well, Judy, thank you so much. I'm going to circle back around, interview all the coaches again, but we should have 12 interviews in the can here from interviewing all the coaches sometime soon. And then I'll come back around. We'll do another topic because you just Great. have a wealth of information. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you for having me on. All right. Thank you, Judy. Thank you so much. I want to remind everybody to take care, keep inventing, and we'll catch you for the next time. See you guys. Bye. Bye. There's a great idea in each of us. But it's truly magical to see it come to life. Sharing your creativity with the world has never been easier. We can help. <laughs>